Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. We are so glad that you're here today, and I'm telling you, you're going to be glad that you're here today as well. A number of years ago, there was a couple that was brought into mine and Erica's life that have been a tremendous blessing and have been tremendous friends, Pastor Darren and Pastor Jane Poley. In fact, three years ago, we went on a, uh, on a journey together where he's been coaching me and coaching our staff, and I looked back at some statistics over the past few years since he's been part uh, of our team and helping develop our team and Pastor Darren, in 2020 of May, uh, of May, when we brought you onto the team, we weren't meeting in person, so I couldn't go off of those numbers. So I went back to 2019, and in the last since 2019 to today, uh, we're up 42 percent. And I just want to say, I, I give a big thanks to you and contribute a lot of that to, or attribute a lot of that to your leadership and your help in our life. Uh, before Pastor Darren came onto our team, we would give just over $100,000 a year uh, away to missions. And three years ago, with his help, we launched an initiative called Kingdom Builders, which is our funding strategy for global missions, local church expansion, and future Christian leaders. And in the last three years, we have given away over $900,000 for the glory of God. And so I'm just telling you, like, in, in, in so many ways, he has helped us accelerate growth in our lives. I, I preached a message at the beginning of the year called Push, and I talked about how Pastor Darren has, has pushed me to grow as a pastor and grow as a leader and to not settle and to not become complacent. And at times when we have people who push us, it hurts. Right, It causes us to do a little more, but I've been so grateful for uh, his push and for his friendship. And, and today, like you get to come and preach to this amazing group of people. Yeah. I'm jealous of you this morning. Would you join me in welcoming my friend, Pastor Darren Poley, as he comes to preach this morning? Thanks, bro. Love you. Come on, how many love you, Pastor? You would be a little louder than that, right? Jonathan and Erica are just great friends. Not only, we're honored to be a part of the journey with them and with this church. I think it's the fourth or fifth Sunday over the last few years that uh, we've been able to be with you. And not only Pastor Jonathan and Erica, who are incredible, uh, the staff is amazing. I, I, I say this behind the scenes as well. I tell Pastor Jonathan this. Uh, I don't know if you realize it, that Crosspoint Church has one of the best ministry staff that I'm aware of. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, and kids ministry and worship and music and production and youth ministry and college and preschool, all, all the different areas. It's just amazing. It's exciting. I share that also because I just want you to know you're part of a healthy church. You're part of a healthy, healthy church. Everybody say amen. Because you are. Uh, we've, Jane and I have been with uh, your board two different years on retreats, uh, with your staff on retreats. So behind the scenes, I want you to know as somebody that's been in church work just a few years now, um, a lot of years, but I just want you to know you're part of a healthy church that has healthy leadership and God is doing really, really amazing, exciting things. Um, I didn't do this in first service, but babe, would you stand up? It's my wife, Jane. And uh, thank you. Yep. People always ask me, how'd you get her? Prayer. Let me just tell you. 
guys, if you're not that sharp looking, just pray. Be a man of God. It works. And uh, it's cool all that God's doing. Hey, everybody say perfect vision. One more time. You got to say it louder. Come on. This is a church that we believe in life. Come on. Everybody say perfect vision. Thank you. I encourage you to grab your journal, grab your phone, something you're going to take notes on, the back of a Connect card, whatever it is. I think God's going to speak to all of us. I really do. I don't believe anybody's here by accident. I don't think any Sunday is a throwaway Sunday. I don't think any Sunday we show up to church just to check a box. Come on, somebody, right? We're not here just to check a box. We're here to encounter God. We've already had an incredible time of praise and worship. And so we're going to look at the message that God has laid on my heart to share uh, with, with Crosspoint today, and it's entitled Perfect Vision. So why don't you go ahead and turn to the person next to you and ask them, how's your vision? And you can tell them none of your business if you want. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, um, just doing a little research. In the United States of America, I'm going to share just a couple data points with you. 2020 vision is, is, is characterized as really good vision, or, or some would even say great vision. Uh, in the adult population of the U.S., uh, across across the, the country, uh, the adult population. So it's a little skewed because it's 18 or older. And if this number was 35 or 40 years old and older, it would be a different number. But in the United States, presently, as of about a year ago, 33% of Americans had 20-20 vision. So about one-third, almost exactly, of our nation has 20-20 vision, really good vision. There uh, is another level of vision that's 20-10 vision. Have you ever heard of 20-10 vision? 20-10 is known as, like, exceptional vision. 1% of the U.S. has 20-10 vision. And so it's really, really unique to get there. It's just, it's not, it's not common at all. And so um, I want to ask you a question because I'm going to share a quick experience that I had a number of years ago. Uh, is there, and I'm asking you to raise your hand if this applies to you. Is there anybody at church today that at some time over the last number of years, you've had LASIK eye surgery, eye correction? Can I just put your hands up really high? There's just two of it. That's it. Man, you guys must have perfect vision. If you've never had it, it was awesome. I had it in 1999, and uh, they still do it today. It was way more expensive back then. I remember Jane and I were youth pastors. We saved money uh, for about a year and a half, put it in our health savings account so that we could pay for this LASIK eye surgery. I needed glasses uh, or contacts to see at a distance, and I wanted that gone. I love to downhill ski in the mountains and swim and different things, and, and that doesn't work really good with glasses or contacts, and, and I was just tired of it. And so I saved, and we got, we got time where we could have LASIK eye surgery. It was a big deal. It had been out just a couple years. Our surg- my surgeon's name was Dr. Chu. He still does surgery in the Twin Cities area of Minneapolis-St. Paul. And quick story, I'll share it really fast because it ties to this message. And, uh, it's just, I can, and I can remember it like it was yesterday because it was pretty intense. So um, it's, it's, it's a surgery that goes really fast. The whole surgery takes around three to five minutes. Entire surgery. And so back then, that, any, that a surgeon had two meetings a week with whoever was going to have LASIK eye surgery. So if you were scheduled to have it, he had two meetings, one for one group, one for another group, so that the surgeon could talk through what was going to happen because people tend to get a little nervous and a little freaked out because you're awake the entire time. 
So the surgeon, I was in this meeting, there was about 12 or 13 of us in this circle. Some were super nervous because of what they thought might happen. And I was just kind of inquisitive, and the surgeon would answer questions and share. And he said, hey, there's this three-step process for the laser that everybody's going to go through. You're going to sit back. We're going to cover your head. They're going to have these openings here. And he says, the first time the laser goes across your eyes, it's going to create a corneal flap and take the flap of the cornea and lay it back over here, and everything's going to go dark. And can I tell you, the nervous ones got really nervous right there. And then he said, after that happens, he says, the laser's going to go across your eyeball and correct all the irregularities that are in your eyeball in one swoop across. He said, then the laser's going to go back, and it's going to take the corneal flap, and it's going to lay it back in place. So imagine this flap that's taken off of your eye. And the miraculous thing about the way God has created us is is 70% of the healing of the flap takes place in about 180 seconds. Isn't that amazing how God has created us? But how many of you know that there was some nervous people in the room? And our surgeon says, hey, don't worry. True story. He says, don't worry. We're going to give you Valium before the service so that everybody can calm down. I'm not kidding. And I, I literally wasn't that worried. I said, I don't need the Valium. And the lady next to me said, can I have his? So true story. So you may be that lady next to me, or you may be me that you're just like, okay, I, I think I got this. I think I can get this vision correction. Let me show you a, a picture. There's two pictures, actually. Here's the first one. How many have ever seen this before? Have you seen this before? We're going to have a little fun with that. Go ahead and cover your left eye and begin to read. If you, No, I'm just kidding. Don't read. But anyways, um, that's a free eye, free eye exam at Crosspoint this weekend. But that is, if you could read to the line um, below the red line uh, at the right distance, some of you are a little far away, you would have 20-20 vision. If you could read to the line, the L-E-F-O line, right? You see that? You could do something like, I can't see anything. Let me show you the next picture. How many agree that that's more life right there, right? When that one pops up, I don't know about you, I'm just thankful for the E. Anybody else just thankful that the E shows up? And it's one of those things that that I would say that when we go about our lives, even with Jesus Christ and God in our lives, that's the way it feels most of the time when we're trying to figure things out. We're like, I just don't, I don't see it. That is so far from perfect vision. Isaiah 55, 6, if you love the Bible, say amen. Uh, that was weak. If you love the Bible, say amen. amen. Thank you so much. So here we go. This is a great passage. Some, some people love this passage of Scripture. If it's new to you, it should become one of your favorites. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him, call on him now while he is near. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So I want you to say this, let's say this together as a church. Say this after me. God knows perfectly. God works perfectly. God sees perfectly. One more time, let's do it together. God knows perfectly. God works perfectly. God sees perfectly. These are what I call yay God phrases. Yay God. 
You're amazing. You know everything. You see everything. You work perfectly. Isaiah 55 says that, that God's ways are so far above our ways, and, and he understands, and he knows everything. So that's the yay God part of the passage. The other truth that's in there is this. God doesn't owe me an explanation, nor does he need my approval. Not too many people cheered me on that one. So the yay God is, he knows it all, he's amazing, he's powerful, he sees everything. Uh, that is true. Another truth is, is that God doesn't owe me an explanation. So how many know that when we invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of our lives, we first invite him in as our Savior, right? And how many are thankful that you have a Savior, right? I mean, I'm so thankful. The second part is, Lord, would you come into my heart to be my Savior and my Everybody say, Lord. Lord. Lord is the leader, the director. I'm under your covering in my life. And so that's the truth. That, and the, the beauty of it is our Lord loves us with an unconditional love. So even as he leads us in things that we don't fully understand, that's just the, that's just the kind of God that, that he is. So all right, we're going to jump into Exodus and uh, how many are a little bit familiar? Uh, you've heard at least a f- once or twice uh, the event of the Israelites leaving Egypt, getting up to the Red Sea, and the parting of the Red Sea. Can I, everybody's heard that before? Go ahead and put your hands up if that's you. All right, that's a lot. We're going to read up to that part, and we're going to stop before the parting of the Red Sea. We're going to go a little deeper, leading up to know what took place in this whole event. It wasn't a parable. It's not a story. It's an event that's recorded in the scripture. Just nine days ago, Jane and I got back from Israel. We led a team to Israel, and we were in this area. It's just, it's incredible how the Bible just just comes alive. So this was an event, and the Israelites left slavery in Egypt on their way to the promised land, and the parting of the Red Sea was one of those major steps of getting them to the promised land that, had been, that they were waiting on for years and years and years and years and years. So leading up to this moment, here's the context that a lot of us don't understand. If you love Bible study, you can go deep on this because it's so cool, all the things that we can learn. That at this, at this event, the Israelite people, the Bible would have counted them this way. There was 600,000 men. The only ones that were counted in the 600,000 were men. With women and children, there was somewhere between what most Bible scholars believe, between 1.5 and 2 million people. So now when you ever hear, read, think about this journey through the Red Sea, think about 1.5 plus million people going through this journey. Got it? Say got it. So that's the size, that's the scope of what took place. So look at this with me. In verse 18, and and I'm going to pause here after 18, it says, So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Everybody say roundabout. Do you guys have roundabouts in? You do? It's hilarious where I live in the Twin Cities. They have built roundabouts like they're going crazy. Whoever designed them, I don't know. But anyways. I joke that they put them in, they take up a lot of land, and then there's a bunch of crashes like for 90 days because nobody knows who to defer to and stuff like that. But it's interesting as we read this from the New Living Translation is that that, um, God, the Bible literally says that God led them in a roundabout way, in other words, a non-direct way. And you can even see in Scripture the place that God took them 
from and to. So I have this up on the board here, and I won't, I won't spend a lot of time over here, but I just want to get really practical for a minute. So if you can look up here with me, if you would, um, at this whiteboard. So letter A, which is down here at the bottom, is where we're at now. And if we feel that God is taking us to a place, a new calling, a new career, healing in our marriage, our family, a prodigal son or daughter that comes home, battling infertility and God's going to give us a baby, whatever it is, some cancer diagnosis, whatever that is, whatever the challenge is, the new season that we want to get to is this place. God, we want to get to B. We want to get there. Now let me ask you this question. If B is the place we want to get to, that is the promised land. That is the edge of the the Red Sea. How many would agree that the shortest way from A to B is right here? If you agree, say yes. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. There's some, yeah, that's awesome. So if A to B is the shortest way, let me just clarify something. A to B is the shortest way, but almost always, here's the direction that God takes us. He takes us up here to E. Then from E, he takes us over here to D. And then from D, it feels like we go to C. And then we're not sure if we're ever going to get up here to B. That's what's called a roundabout way. So Isaiah 55, the opening verse we read, said what? God's ways are so far above our ways. God's thoughts are so far above our thoughts. So even though we look at this and say, God, why don't you just take us from here to here? God, why do we have to go to C and wait for a while? Why do we have to go to D and not sure why we're even at D? You came to church, there's people right now, you came to church this weekend, this Sunday, you're at Cross Point. And you're like, I'm in that place where I'm not sure why God has me where he has me because I feel like he wants to get me to something else. And I'm just here to say to you, that's that's part of life. That is the two eye charts, that this is clear, this is blurry. That's just the way it is. And somebody somebody in early service might have asked me, like, well, why is it that God takes us all those other places and doesn't just take us from A to B? And my answer to you is, ask Pastor Jonathan. I have no idea why that happens. But it's, it's so true that that takes place. So I pause there. Now look at this with me. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army. Everybody say like an army. Like an army. You've got to remember that. We're going to reference that in a few minutes. Like an army ready for battle. The Lord, I'm going to read fast. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. All right? Chapter 14, verse 5. When, when word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials had changed his mind. Pause. So Pharaoh had agreed to let them go. After hundreds and hundreds of years of slavery, let the Israelites go. We don't know exactly why. We can fill in some blanks, but we don't know exactly why. What we know is even after Pharaoh let them go, whether he felt lost, whether he felt he's going to lose all his slaves, whatever it is, he had a change of mind, and they thought they were free to go, and now he makes a decision. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. 
the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army and all, all his horses and all his chariots, all his charioteers, look at this, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore of Pharaoth across from Belzephon. Go to Bible college to learn those words, by the way. All right. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. Notice how brief this is. Then they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? In other words, why are we at C? Why are we at D? Why didn't you just get us to B as fast as we wanted to get there? What have, you, why have, what have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in wilderness, right, in the wilderness. I share that because they're basically like the lady next, next to me wanting Valium, right? Same thing, like, what in the world's going on? I don't know what's gonna happen. And they lost all this all the energy and, and excitement and enthusiasm they had for the journey that God put them on. But Moses told the people, look at what he says, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, look at his faith, will never be seen again. Moses said that before God told, told Moses to raise his staff and part the sea. That's the faith Moses lived with. You might say, well, that's easy to say because he knew he was going to part the Red Sea. God had not told him that yet. So he got really bold, really courageous before God said, lift up your staff and raise up your arms and, and part the sea. It's just his, 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 his just courage inspires me. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. In this last verse that I want you to hold on to, the Lord himself will fight for you just Stay calm. There are people that have come to church today that, can I just share this really straight? I feel you've come today and God has that word for you. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. No matter what letter you find yourself at, no matter where you think you're supposed to be, no matter what the challenge is. Moses said, hey, no, 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 settle down, settle down, settle down, settle down, settle down. The Lord himself, I love that phrase, will fight for you, just stay calm. I also want you to notice that the Israelites went from a place of victory, it says they left Pharaoh's, they left Egypt like an army ready for battle, and then within a matter of days or weeks, they became so scared and so fearful. How many know life can change on us pretty quick? And, and sometimes we feel a little bit like we're just up and down emotionally, and that was these close to two million people, what they were, what they were feeling. So um, I'm going to share a quick story here about something in my own journey. So how many know that everybody faces seasons and times of challenge? Can I, can I hear an amen? If you've ever faced a season or time of challenge, you just put your hand up in the air. How many know some should have two hands up? Now keep them up, look around. If somebody's not raising their hand, tell them don't lie in church. Just tell them, like, I mean, we all face those times. Several years ago, 
Jane and I were in a series of transition, and there were, God was leading us to new things, wasn't sure what he was leading us to. Uh, there was some just pain involved and wondering what's next and, and trying to figure things out, and, and that happens to everybody. It happens to Christian leaders, happens to all those, all of us in life. And so, again, this was several years ago, but we were walking through this journey, not sure what's next, feeling like kind of just uncertain about what's, what we're supposed to have happen next and stuff like that. God was talking to us, but trying to hear clarity and figure things out, and just, we were, just weren't totally, we just weren't totally sure. And so it got to the point where it was pretty intense, and at times I was pretty discouraged, and I, we would refer to it, and I would refer to it as our summer from hell. Some of you have been through a season from hell where it just feels like, gosh, I can't figure this thing out. I'm not sure what's next. And it's kind of like, oh, man, this has been a tough season. We had a few weeks off, and uh, it was in the summer. And, and so in those few weeks, we had traveled to a few different states and saw some people and some family. And we, were, uh, we went to uh, Georgia, where Jane's sister and brother-in-law live. And while we were there, we were just there for a little while, visited some other friends that are missionaries and helped raise money for Fire Bible. We talked, had a great time with them. Then we went to the sister and brother-in-law's house, then we went out to their lake home. It's about an hour and a half, two hours from Atlanta. Went to their lake home. It was over a weekend because that's, and, and so we'd been traveling, hadn't been in church in like three weeks, and we'd watched some things online, but we had missed being in church. And there was a great church in Atlanta that I, we went there and wanted to go to it. It was called Free Chapel. The, the, the lead pastor is just an incredible communicator. I'd never been there, and I love visiting church. I love being in church. And so I was so looking forward to hearing him preach. But but we went to the, the, the family member's lake home. And so Sunday morning came around, and we had just missed being in church. So we grabbed my iPad Pro, and uh, the, the family we were with wasn't as, as involved in church. I'll just say it this way. Wasn't as involved in church as we were. And so we just said, hey, we're taking that. We're, we're going to go out on the back porch. They had this back porch on the, on the cabin, on the lake home that looked over the lake. It was private. It was behind the house. So we said, hey, we're going to go out on the back porch, and we're just going to we're gonna watch church service together. And they're like, okay, that's great. And then we thought we were probably a little crazy, but that's all right. And so we so wanted to be in church. So we went out to the back porch, set, set up the iPad, turned up the music, speaking, and the worship was incredible. I mean, we're bawling, crying. God's presence is on the back porch there. But a lot of, our te- a lot of the tears were about just got the journey that we were on, wondering why, why are we at E? And God, how do you get us to, what is B supposed to be? And all those different things. So we're on the back porch. We're worshiping, music's playing. The lead pastor gets up to do offering. And he's talking about the offering, and I feel like, and this is the guy that I'm just so excited to hear preach. And so, and he starts talking, talks a little long, and I'm thinking, I said to Jane, he's not preaching today, I bet. I just had that feeling. Sure enough, praise of the offering, amen, amen, everybody starts giving. Hey, today I'm so excited to announce to you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's not speaking. And I was so disappointed. Some of you are like, Pastor Jonathan's not speaking, we got this guy. I know, that's the way I felt. And... Um, and so I was feeling that way and stuff like that. And he says, so hey, I want you to welcome Reggie Dabbs to the platform. Okay? And you guys know Reggie Dabbs, right? I think he's been with you recently. He and I used to do youth camps together 25 or 30 years ago. And so, but I wanted to hear the lead pastor speak. I didn't want to hear Reggie speak. Okay? So Reggie's a gifted speaker, anointed speaker. But I've heard all his jokes like five times. 
at least. And, and I laughed like crazy the first five times and stuff. And he started preaching and stuff. And so we're on the back porch listening. His message was incredible. He got about 15 minutes in. And he said this. I'm wa- we're watching live on screen. And he said this. He looks in the camera. He's like, I feel like i got to stop. And I want to say, he said, I feel like there's some people that are watching today that God wants me to tell you something. We start kind of leaning in. And he said, um, so, he said, some of you are watching today and you feel like you're in your summer from hell. And he said, you may even be watching me right now on the back porch. Straight words that he said. And he says, I want to say something to you. God has a message for you. He said, the message is God's got you, God is with you, and it's going to be okay. And Jane and I are just bawling. Every, every question wasn't answered, but you know what was answered? Is God was with us. Just stay calm. Amen, church? So we all have those moments, and it happens in all of our lives, and it's just so, so good. So I'll give you a truth. I'm not sure if this is on the screen. You may want to write it down. There's a couple things that didn't make it in my notes here. Just because you don't see anything doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. Just because you don't see anything doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. You can post that, Instagram, reel it, tweet it. I don't care. Claim credit. It's true. It is so true that in our, we feel like we're doing this and God is maneuvering everything, putting it in place, and it's so, so incredible how great God is. So Philippians chapter 4 says this. I love this. I love this. I have this written in my notes too. Uh, watch out for hope stealers. If you're in your summer season from hell or you're in a difficult place, don't hang around with people of no faith. Right? When you're struggling and somebody says, oh, I'm going a tough season, you don't need somebody to be like, yeah, life stinks. You don't need that. You want somebody that's going to call you up, that's going to push, that's going to say, God's got this. So make sure the hope, watch out for the hope stealers. Um, that can enter our lives or the enemy can put there at times. Philippians chapter 4 says this. Look at this, church. It's awesome. Don't worry about anything. Anybody understand what anything means? We've got to interpret that, right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Say a big amen. Amen. So let me give you the top five reasons that I refuse to worry. Top five reasons I'm not gonna worry. Today, as I stand on this platform, when I went through that season and God gave us that, that moment, and I grab onto this at different times, these top, I'm gonna give you five reasons. They're, they're deep, they're challenging to understand, but I know Crosspoint, you guys are the, one of the sharpest churches in the world, all right? So it's gonna be difficult, but you guys can grab these top five. So top five reasons I'm not going to worry. Number one is God. Number two is God. Number three is God. Number four is God. Number five is God. If you got it, say got it. You can clap there, right? That's it. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. I don't have every, everything figured out, but put God back up there if you would, those five things. I know that at the end of the day, he's got it. He's got it. And I'm with him. And it's like, well, it's more complicated than that. No, it's not. Not to him. It is to me and it is to you. I understand that. But God, he is so, so trustworthy. And here's that other, that other um, 
statement I said, may not, you may want to jot this down. I wrote this in my notes, and it just says, Darren, be careful. So I want to say this, be careful not to diagnose a challenging season. Be careful not to diagnose a challenging season as God's punishment when it very well might be God's intervention. It just might be his intervention. You may feel a little bit like it's punishment because he's pulled you out of A to get you to B, but he's taking you a different route. And if you read in this passage in the Old Testament, he actually took, God took them on the roundabout way because he knew that the other way was, the direct way was a little too difficult and he thought they were going to lose faith. So God knows what he's doing. So now if you're in sin, if you're in immorality, no, you need to repent. All of us. But sometimes we get in a season of difficulty and we feel like it's all things we've done wrong or God's upset with us. Sometimes it's God's intervention in our lives and he's just helping to take us in new directions. If that makes sense, say amen. So last couple things we're gonna share. Somebody can come play at keys, I'd love that. Four things to do no matter what. These are no matter what. And I'll actually give you four unique things. I won't cheat and just say God every time. All right, here we go. Four things to do no matter what. These are very simple, though. Don't stop. They're up on the screen. Don't stop praying. Don't stop trusting. We'll leave them up there just for a second. Don't stop believing. Don't stop worshiping. Leave them up there just for a second. We're not going to stop praying. We're not going to stop trusting. We're not going to stop believing. We're not going to stop worshiping. By the way, when you pull out your notes or your Bible to do devotions every day, you could read these, these four things. Say, God, before I spend time with you, as I go into this time with you, I'm not going to stop praying, God. I'm not going to stop trusting. I'm not going to stop believing. And I'm not going to stop worshiping. I may not have everything else figured out, but those four things, I can say I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to stay on the path with Jesus, dealing with trusting him in every area of our lives. So is there anyone here today that you're in a season where you're kind of like Jane and I were, you're kind of on the back porch right now. Maybe it's been a tough spring. Maybe it's been a tough 2023. Maybe there's some things that, man, you're just praying and hoping for and wondering what's next and, and you, you know God loves you but you feel like you're in this place where what, what needs to happen hasn't happened and you just need breakthrough can I remind you that scripture in Exodus that Moses said to the people and would you just receive this from God a message to you and the, remember the words were this the Lord himself will fight for you just stay calm the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. John 15 says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. From apart, everybody say apart. From apart from me, you can do, everybody say nothing. Nothing. Would you put the two images of the eye chart back up there? Um, the left is us, the right is God. Make sense? The right eye chart is always Jesus. That's Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. His ways, his thoughts, his vision so far above ours. Ours is on the left. Don't miss this. Ours is on the left. God's on the right. The, the passion 
the impetus, the desire behind God's word for us today in this message is not, my goal isn't that you and I would get perfect vision. My goal is to say God is the only one worth, with perfect vision and you and I should never let go of his hand. You and I should stay linked to him in every area of our lives because he's the one on the right. He's the one that designed the path. He's the one that already knows what B's going to look like, and it's going to be amazing. So it's not about you and I becoming perfect in all these areas. It's about knowing, hey, God is perfect, and I'm not letting go of him. And I'm going to hold on to him with everything that's in me. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, I just pray. I just pray that you would speak to our hearts in this moment. God, I thank you for Crosspoint. I thank you for everybody that's in this service, anybody that's watching online. God, I just thank you because nobody's here by accident. God, I'm thankful for the experienced Christians. I'm thankful for the leaders in the room. I'm thankful you for the guests, the new people that are kind of checking out, kicking the tires a little bit of Christianity or rethinking about church. God, you love everybody and you have a plan for all of our lives. So church, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give two responses and I felt this all week leading up to today. And, and nobody needs to feel any pressure right now. You don't need to worry about anything. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just believe that God is going to give us a breakthrough moment. And I'm not going to make it weird. It's not going to get too long. But it's, I believe it can be special. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, and we're just with Jesus right now. We're just with Jesus. For those of you that are here, and I know there's, there's probably many, there was many in the first service, that you find yourself right now in a season that feels like it's from hell. You just feel like it. Maybe it's weeks or months or year or longer. But you're just in that place. You're in that season. And it's difficult. And I'm kind of one, one of the messengers of God just saying, hey, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Don't try to force anything. Just don't let go of his hand. And if you're in that season, what I feel like we're supposed to pray through, pray for, is breakthrough. Breakthrough. That God would break through in your life. Just like I had that moment of breakthrough on the back porch, I pray that today would be a moment of breakthrough for some of us. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're in this service, you just say, I'm at that place where I'm in that season feels like a season from hell. It's a season of pain and difficulty, and I want to ask God for breakthrough. That's you. Put your hand up really high all over the church. Put it up really high. Don't be ashamed. Now stand to your feet. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but stand up right where you're at because we're going to pray. We're going to pray for breakthrough right now. I love the, the boldness for so many of you to stand. Who else? We'll wait for you just a second. Just stand up. This is the moment of breakthrough, and I just think God's going to offer it. We're not going to, again, no pressure uh, but we just want to receive everything that God has for us. Anybody else that wants to be a part of this, I'm going to give you one more shot. Go ahead and stand up. So thankful. You're like, Pastor, do you, want, you need more? No, there's a lot of people standing. I just don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out. Yeah, thank you. If you're standing, open your hands like this if you're willing to do this. I'm just pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you that you are a God of breakthrough. God, I'm thankful that Moses reminded us 
that the Lord himself will fight for us and we can just stay calm. So I pray over everyone that's standing. I pray for moments of breakthrough, like in this prayer moment, like in worship, like in prayer, like God bringing a new victory, a new opportunity. God, whatever it is, that healing, that restoration, that new season, whatever it is, God, I pray for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And God, we open up our hands and we just release it to you. We're not going to try to fight or fix it on our own. We're going to release it to you. We're going to walk in your joy, your victory, your strength. And we are grateful that we are never going to let go of your hand because your vision is perfect. Thank you for breakthrough in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a good amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you one one more time to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because real quick, if you came to church today, and you need Jesus to forgive you of sin. You need to recommit your life to Jesus or maybe fully commit your life to Jesus. We just want to give you that chance. Even if there's just a couple in first service, if there's one, that's great. We just want to give you the opportunity. My, our heart is, Pastor Jonathan Crosspoint, our heart is that you would never leave church without receiving the opportunity that your life could be right with Jesus. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand. I won't ask you to stand but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're in this service and you say, you know what, I came into church distant from God, separated from God. Maybe I've never fully committed. Maybe I've done the religion thing, but I've not done the relationship thing. And you want to fully commit your life to Jesus. Or you say, I've done that before, but I, need to, I know I need to recommit my life to Jesus. There's distance there, and I need God's forgiveness. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're here, you just say, Pastor, include me in the final prayer before Pastor Jonathan comes and we sing a worship song. God, I, I want to be a part of that final prayer. Pastor Darren, include me in the final prayer. I know I need God's forgiveness, and I want to ask him, and I want to leave church knowing that my life is right with Jesus. If that's your prayer, would you just put your hand up high enough for us to see it? Thanks, thanks, thanks. Wow, awesome. Thank you, sir. Thanks, awesome. Great. Thank you again. That's so cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to invite everybody to stand with me, please. I think there were six people that raised their hand. We can clap for that. Really, That's awesome. I'm not looking at any one of them. It's just awesome, though, that we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer, and we're going to repeat after me, but I'm going to ask the whole church to do it because we do things as a family, even those that have committed their life to Christ. So would you just pray this prayer after me? Just repeat it after me. It's simple, but it's powerful. Jesus, I come to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I invite you into my heart to be my Savior, to be my Lord, to be the leader of my life. I want to live in relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus for loving me. Jesus, I love you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. He's so good. Man, how many of you enjoyed that message and feel like the Spirit of God just talked to you through Pastor Darren this morning? Thank you so much. Pastor Darren, Pastor Jane, thank you so much for your friendship, for your investment in our church. We're so grateful to God for you. Pastor Darren, you have big vision. 
and you encourage others to dream big. And it's not because of your natural ability or my natural ability, but instead because of both of our trust in God that we serve a big God. And so thank you for the reminder today for everyone that God sees them. He knows where you're at and uh, really appreciate your willingness to share that. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray over us and then the worship team's gonna lead us in another song and we'll have the prayer team join us on both sides of the stage. And if you've come here today needing prayer for anything, maybe you were the one, one of the ones that stood or maybe you were one of the ones that raised your hand or you missed out on both of those opportunities. You're like, I just need somebody to pray for me this morning and believe God with me for breakthrough in my life. I'm gonna encourage you as soon as the worship team begins to sing this next song that you would step out of your seat and receive prayer. So I'm going to pray. Prayer team will be up here and then make your way up to the front as soon as they start singing. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the voice of the Holy Spirit that has spoke to us from the start of this service to even this moment. Lord, we thank you for those that have experienced breakthrough today by the power of your Spirit. We thank you for those that surrendered their lives to you to become followers of you today. And Lord, we just pray that uh, in, in this next moment as people come forward for prayer that others would experience the same breakthrough. Lord, that you would do something this morning that could only be attributed to you. Just as Pastor Darren shared the story of Reggie Dabbs speaking in a pulpit, having no idea where Pastor Darren and Pastor Jane were, but to call out those specific things in their life and to be able to be a source of encouragement. Lord, we pray that this morning that you would do something specific in the lives of people, that you would do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever dream, ask, or imagine, and we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.